Hello, my dear friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 194 of The Informed Catholic, episode 194 of The Informed Catholic. Now, to those of you who are new to this podcast channel, please subscribe and share. It'll be a great help to me if you think I'm doing a good job. I really would appreciate it. This would let Spotify and Anchor, uh, Anchor is the one I produce my podcast through, and they distribute it, and it goes to the other podcast platforms, and it would let my podcast uh, grow more. So uh, by knowing that people are subscribing, it will be a great help, and I really would appreciate it. Plus, we need more podcasts that are Catholic, conservative, and uh, you know, it helps support, um, sorry. Yes, I do this in my apartment. <laughs> so you might hear cars and uh, other sounds outside. I live in Brooklyn, but please, uh, it would be a great help because we really do need, um, the support. We need to support each other as Catholics, as Christians and as conservatives, and, uh, you know, it, it helps to put a voice out. We need more independent voices. So now that I got that through, please, let's begin with a prayer. Let's say this prayer for our country. And let's say this prayer for the church and for all fellow Christians. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. A prayer for our country through the Mother of God, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. We'll say another Hail Mary for all, uh, for everyone, including the church, the, the country, and our president. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. We'll say this Hail Mary for all the women who, um, who are victims of abortion, who had their unborn child aborted. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the church, the family, and terror of demons, pray for us. St. Thomas More, patron saint of politicians, statesmen, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, doctor and teacher of the Christian faith, pray for us. St. Augustine, uh, you who represent uh, those who convert, converts, catechumens, as uh, those who study the Christian faith, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, please defend us in battle against all evil spirits 
and pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So uh, we're still going through the um, <laughs> we're still going through the um, after effect of the election. It's not over, and it's not over. So we have another letter from Archbishop Vigano, and um, well, let's actually go over what's going on right now. All right, um, Gershowitz, he's a lawyer. He says that Trump has a great chance to overturn the Pence uh, in the courts of what Pennsylvania has been doing. Pennsylvania has a lot of corruption. In, um, in case anyone doesn't know, they actually have played with election. This is something common among Democrats. It may, I, I'm guessing it could happen among Republicans too, but it's basically with them. They're always constantly... Uh, playing with the Constitution. It's a common thing with them. This goes back, way back uh, to the time of Andrew Jackson, uh, Martin Van Buren. They've always had a problem with the Constitution. They wrestle with it. They don't like the limits the Constitution gives them. Uh, they basically, uh, con they would like the idea that they would have a constitution that constantly would evolve and change with circumstances and situations to their own advantage. They, um, they legislated from the bench. They legislated from the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania. All right. Pennsylvania elects their own judges. And both with the judge who is actually a Clinton appointee as well, turns out, um, or an Obama appointee, even though they say they vote for the for the judge, they it's actually an Obama appointee. And also the Secretary of State, all right, she also played with the Constitution illegally. It goes against the United States Constitution. You cannot legislate neither by a Secretary of State nor by the bench. Only a legislator is allowed to legislate. And people would often say, well, didn't the, didn't the Trump administration, President Trump and his administration, didn't they see this? They most likely did see this. They did. The problem was they would have spent so much of their time with this that it would actually have been uh, a lot of waste of energy. The best thing to do is let the damage happen so that you can show people what the Democrats are doing and prepare legally. And that's exactly what they did. They prepared themselves legally. Now, they didn't see everything that they were doing. They didn't know. Now we hear this stuff about these computers called Dominion and Hammer, all these uh, things going on. There's also another thing happening outside the United States called the Great Reset. This Klaus Schwab uh, wrote, uh, came up with something called the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is to change everything, everything around the world change the the economics they want to go to digital they want to eliminate money there is a lot of things they're taking advantage with the whole COVID 19 shutdown i don't know if you've heard but biden one of his campaign slogans is build back better 
Now, there are several people that have been saying build back better. This is a reset, a global reset slogan. And it comes from Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab is involved with the whole globalist agenda. They're using COVID-19, they're using the environment, they're using universal income. Also, several people have actually uh, used that that slogan. AOC has used that slogan, Build Back Better. Um, Prince Charles of England has used the the slogan, Build Back Better. Several people in the European Union have used it. They've all got, they're all doing it. Even Nancy Pelosi has used the term build back better. This is a, this is basically a globalist agenda to change the whole planet. Okay. The whole social distancing thing is an attempt to keep us apart. They're using fear. They're using germophobia. Um, you know, this whole thing to try to keep us apart so that they can implement and um, enforce their so-called globalist reset. It's, they call it the fourth industrial age, whatever in the world that means, I don't know. But I'm guessing it's the digital age. That's, if we're going to, if we're going to use an educated guess, um, they want us to all stay within living within um digital technological cities. They want us to stay out of um suburban areas. They want to use that as an excuse for environmental reasons. But I'm going to take a guess that the rich and powerful can have homes in there, and they they will have that for themselves. They, um, again, it's all to disable us, to hoodwink us, to change us, to make us in, incapable of doing things of, on our own. Uh, they will force foods, the kind of foods we're going to eat. They're going to probably yearly give us vaccinations, which is probably another way to sort of like make us sterile so that we won't have any more kids. You can bet that's going to be in there. All right. Because it's all population control, because that's what the so-called green new deal is it's all a marxist socialist idea they don't need us anymore they don't need us now that they got technology now that they got everything that they want there's less need for um people and they're hoodwinking people they're taking people's liberties away all right now i don't know if you've seen mr klaus schwab he's an old guy He's lived his life. He's lived his life. He doesn't need anything else. He's, he's a rich, powerful man. But he's probably similar to someone like George Soros. Pro, you know, and then you got um, Jeffrey Sachs. He's another one. It's all social engineering. It's all eugenics. It's all an attempt to change things. And Donald Trump is in the way. The point is, this guy came along and he disrupts their so-called globalist reset plan. And that is a problem for them. 
All right. Someone like him comes along. Uh, Biden is is in on it. Many of the 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 most powerful, elitist, stuck up, socially retarded people in the world, uh, immoralist, racist, are in on it. This guy comes along, and yeah, Donald Trump. I'm not going to say he's an angel. He's a human being, but he's not within their circle. These are people who are who have their own private club, who have their own, in, you know, uh, nepotistic attitude about the world, who have their own uh, prejudices and biases, uh, who just think that there's too much of other people and not enough of more socially, racially, ethnically acceptable people like themselves. This is what it's all about. And sadly... A lot of us just are not paying attention because we have been educated. We have been, God has taken, we've had religion taken away from us, healthy religion taken away, like like the Catholic faith, the Christian faith, all of it has been taken away from us. We've had a good, healthy philosophy taken away from us, good, healthy understanding of history taken away from us. We've had revisionist history given to us through the school systems, all right, given to us by Marxists, a complete revisionist um, retelling of history that basically feeds political ideology and biases. Um, Church Milton has an article about something called the ESV Bible. And the British have decided to accept the ESV Bible, which actually it's been something that's been worked on by the bishops of India. It's a very literal Bible. Um, I haven't yet looked at it completely. Um, I'm more comfortable with the Douay Reims and the uh, Revised Standard Version. I don't know what the ESV Bible is. I don't know if it's... Um, yet liturgically accepted yet, but I think the British accepted it and a lot of feminists are angry that it's not gender inclusive. <laughs> it's not, It's they feel it's offensive to their feminist ears and everything. And as you can see, it's not nothing about be a, about theology or, or how well translated it is for for reading and stuff like that, for, you know, for study. We'll find out about that later on. But the point is, everything is ideological. And it's and, and it's all uh, social um, engineering, which is a very Marxist thing. They, they don't look at people as people. They look at people as statistics and numbers. Too much of one kind, not not enough of the other kind. And maybe in a sense you and 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 there are those who are resisting the great reset. All right, I um I have to say this: the fact that Prince Charles is part of it shows he's not he's he's obviously like his father. You know, obviously his father I heard is a is a is a is a notorious racist, the old man. But anyway, I don't know if he's still alive or gone. Anyway. Now we're going to look into Miss uh, Archbishop Vigano, what he's going to message he's going to give us here, and I want you guys to know about what's happening because the media 
seems to be in on it. All right. Uh, they don't want people to know that he's actually still resisting. That he's going to have that he's going to demand the recount. Michigan is going to follow. He already got Alaska. He's already got North Carolina, and Georgia is going is doing a recount. Michigan is event of uh, uh, Philadelphia and Michigan is going to follow eventually. And I'm going to take a guess that he's probably going to flip uh, Wisconsin, and may he he'll probably flip a few other states. The problem is, of course, is that it's going to take time, but it's it's going to eventually going to happen, and. I believe he still has a chance. He will have a chance to do this. Now, if let's say Biden does take the elect to take the presidency, you are going to have a very divided country. The Democrats are not going to get what they want. Many other Democrats are going to be totally terrified of the environment. It's not going to be accepted. Because here's the problem. They keep telling us there is no voter fraud. And for the last four four years, they were called, they were saying, not my president. And they are saying that he stole the election when Hillary conceded very easily. Remember, Hillary Clinton conceded easily. She didn't give a fight. And they and there was no no one accusation that he stole the election, no voter fraud, no election fraud, none of that stuff was been has been thrown at him. The only thing they went after was um, Russia, Russia, um, Ukraine, impeachment, and then COVID, and probably a number of other things that, that I can't remember right now. They threw at him. But now, you Republicans, you MAGA people, right? You know, just shut up. There is no voter fraud. There's nothing to look over here. Never mind the fact that a number of votes were all directed to Joe Biden mysteriously, right? And the fact that a number of them, uh, a, a number of illegal things were done in the state. That were not that, that violate the Constitution, violate certain articles, and then and never mind the fact that a number of these votes uh, only have Biden on the ballot, but then no markings of any other senator or uh, congressman. And then, of course, mysteriously, you don't find that on on on, Joe, on Donald Trump's side, but you don't find any problem. Uh, you don't find any dead people voting for Donald Trump, <laughs> right? which is kind of strange, right? It's very strange, but nobody wants to talk about that. These are the things we're talking about that obviously there are. There are a lot of affidavits. People have signed affidavits, sworn affidavit. Is you swearing and possibly going to jail if you lie? Sworn affidavits. A number of people. Trump... uh, Republicans were not allowed to observe the ballot count. A number of them were kept out. They used the whole COVID thing as a means to put to to take advantage. I did another one about um, which is the the great Marxist color revolution uh, a few episodes before. And ironically, 
this was all planned from August. The, the, the rioting, the looting, the pulling down of statues, the defund of the police, Antifa on the street with all their shields and helmets and facial coverings and everything. And the fact that the media did not even bother to call them a riot and looting. It was all peaceful protest. All this was planned from then. Well, here we are. And this is exactly what happened. So let's begin uh, at Archbishop Vigano's message. All right, this is an opinion. Archbishop Vigano, million MAGA marches are right to oppose Demo Democrats' fraud, manipulation of votes. Vigano said he's spiritually united with the million MAGA march in, in their legitimate request for truth and transparency in the face of the election fraud that is coming to light. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano himself. All right. It's uh, November 16th, 2020. Okay. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano penned the following short message and prayer for those who participate in the November 14th, 2020 Million Mega March in Washington, D.C., Dear brothers and sisters, allow me to address this message to you. Spiritually united with all of you in the legitimate request for truth and transparency in the face of the election fraud that is coming to light. Some would have us believe that the people have spoken out in favor of one candidate and they were foolish enough to tell us this while the vote counting was still in progress, they were so sure of victory that they did not accept any dissenting voices and even went so far as to censure the very words of the current President of the United States. It is true the people have spoken, but not in favor of those who promote the killing of innocent lives in the womb not in favor of those who impose deadly ideologies on our children, not in favor of those who obey an international elite who wish to establish a new world order. The people have spoken out in favor of traditional values in defense of life, in defense of family, in defense of national sovereignty, values that have made America great and which form the basis of our country's freedom and peace, harmony and prosperity. When the people do not obey media indoctrination, democracy no longer matters to the so-called Democrats. They have to resort to fraud, deception, and, and the manipulation of votes and, sen and census. But something has gone wrong. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Psalm 123 verse 7. As Christians and honest citizens of this great and beloved nation, which is proud to proclaim to be under God, we have a duty to trust that justice and truth will triumph. Also on this occasion, and they will triumph not only through honesty and fairness 
of so many people, but also and above all through our prayer as lawyers and magistrates investigate the abuses and crimes committed. Let us turn to the Lord, the Supreme Judge, through the intercession of Mary, most holy, our powerful advocate. This is the Supreme Court to which we can and must appeal, that the will of God may be fulfilled and in truth may triumph over falsehood. Prayer O Lord, Almighty God, most holy and undivided Trinity, who in thy love has deigned to redeem sinful man through the incarnation and passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, prostrate before thee, we invoke thy powerful protection in this hour of great turmoil, when darkness seems to be spreading over our beloved nation. O Lord, God of hosts, drive back into hell the enemy of mankind who by thy eternal decree is crushed by the foot of our mother and queen mary most holy make vain the assaults of those who blinded by vice and hatred of thee wish to subjugate our nation and the whole world to the tyranny of sin and rebellion against thy most holy law grant wisdom and courage to those who are called to direct the fortunes of the United States of America and to those who serve their country with fidelity and honor. Lord, bless our president, our public officials, and our pastors for those who exercise the power entrusted to them from above. Obtain the graces necessary to carry out their duties with integrity and justice. O oh, Almighty God, who many times have manifested the power of thy right hand at the side of Christian armies, place thyself at the head of this army of thy children. Let the prayer we address to thee through the intercession of our matriarchs, the Virgin Mary, rise up to thee like incense to the, to the resolved so that resolve to observe thy commandments and to repent of our sins, we may again the freedom and peace of thou has promised that thou has promised us peace. I leave you my peace. I give you not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. John chapter 14, verse 27 grant. O Lord God, peace, to our people. Look not upon our unworthiness, but upon the merits of the Immaculate Virgin, the Queen and Patroness of the United States of America. May she present to the, to the throne of thy majesty our humble prayers, our holy intentions, and our penances, just as in the time of the Maccabees thou raised up holy heroes and courageous witnesses of the faith. So also today hear the prayer we raise to thee and scatter the proud in the conceit of their hearts, granting victory to those who serve under thy holy banner. Amen. God bless the United States of America. God bless our president, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. Amen. All right, folks. So um, now that we're going to go to another article, but before we begin, I don't know if anyone heard 
but the Vatican finally released the McCarrick report. Uh, you know, the former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who has been laicized. McCarrick, um, a serial homosexual pedophile, notorious, corrupt, evil, wicked man who, um, you know, damaged and harmed a lot of people, destroyed a lot of lives. But unfortunately, it seems to want to put the blame on Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Uh, I guess they're trying to put, they're trying to find a way to a scapegoat. But notice that they released it, uh, according to Michael Voris, Dr. Taylor Marshall, right during the chaos and anarchy of this election. Uh, you know, while the United States is going through a dispute uh, with this election thing. Basically, nobody's going to be paying attention because we have an election crisis in the United States. And, um, you know, McCarrick, who himself, an American uh, cleric, and uh, they want to put the blame on Vigano uh, because Vigano has opposed uh, Francis pontificate. Not that he's denying that Francis is Pope, but because of the fact of what Francis is doing. Pope Francis seems to rerunning a very corrupt pontificate uh, politically, socially, spiritually, uh, aligning himself with the Chinese, whatever reason, and the Chinese Communist Church, um, handing over Chinese Catholics to the um, Chinese government. I mean, McCarrick himself believed that we should accept and embrace the Communist Chinese Church for some reason. And he, and guess exactly what they did under uh, Francis. Well, whatever it is, I heard the Vigano, I mean, the um, McCarrick report. I sometimes accidentally call it the Vigano report because that's, he, I guess it has a rhyme to it. But um, it's very long. I don't know, 600 pages, maybe more, uh, 400, and it's just ridiculously long. So I'm not going to read it. So we'll just skip it on there. But let's go to the next opinion piece. Vigano's U.S. election still not over. America must pray for a good outcome. The exiled archbishop also relates to this new interview that the apocalyptic tone, the apocalyptic tones with which he addressed President Trump in October were well justified. This uh, article is by Giuseppe Nardi, and it got permission to be permitted in LifeSite News. November 13th, 2020. Uh, Nardi's question to Archbishop Vigano, the first one, for years you were the apostolic nuncio to the United States. You know this country, the leading, the leading world power, especially in the so-called free world. I'm very, um, sorry, uh, from very close experience, what is happening now in the United States of America? Vigano's response. In recent months, the United States of America has been witnessing the realization of the globalist plan, which involves all nations of the world with rare exceptions. This plan cannot fail to also include the nation that is the most important Western democracy, both because of its economic power and because of its role it plays in international politics, political balances. The globalist dictatorship cannot tolerate the existence of, of a voice of opposition, a voice of dissent against aligned mainstream thought, 
which the United States will be if Donald Trump is president and the Republicans hold the majority in Congress and in state governments. Let's not forget that the ideology of the globalist left does not accept discord, vo- discorded voices that question it. We are witnessing a planned and highly organized attack which avails itself of the collaboration of of significant parts of institutions, almost the entire media and the financing of multinational powers and international organizations. Furthermore, it is evident that there are also external interferences, both in economic terms and and in endorsements of the Democratic candidates. I would also like to emphasize the destabilizing role played by the movements close to the, to the Democrats, such as BLM, Black Lives Matter, and Antifa, also financed by George Soros. The gap of, of time between the insufficient announcements of Joe Biden's victory and the confirmation of the real winner of the election could be used by the left to stir up riots and civil unrest following the well-known playbook of the deep state. Question two. At the end of October, you addressed an open letter to President Trump in which you used apocalyptic tones. Were these tones justified? Do you feel the election confirmed these tones? Are the concerns and accusations about a systematic fraud justified? In the use of the term apocalyptic, in this context, appears absolutely correct to me because the term refers to the final battle between God and Satan, announced in sacred scripture. The events we are witnessing are perhaps not part of the final conflict in which the Antichrist will seem to prevail and in which the church and traditional society will be mercilessly persecuted. Certainly, however, this historical phase will have direct repercussions on the method and times in which the kingdom of the Antichrist will, will, will establish itself. The presidency of Trump, in this sense, is able to represent a strong obstacle against the deep state and against globalism, which is anti-human and anti-Christian in his ideological essence. If the fate of the world is at stake, it seems to me that the tones can only be apocalyptic. As for the electoral fraud that is emerging in these days, I think it is essential. I think it is essential that the clarity be created by the bodies in charge in such a way as to ensure the regularity of the counting of votes, Democracy cannot be invoked in alternating phases, delegitimizing it as a populism as soon as the will of the people diverge from what the elite want to accept. The global left, in order to gain power and also to maintain it, has always and only used the violence of either weapons or fraud. We think of socialist totalitarianism as well as its various incarnations as Nazism, fascism, and communism. How, um, okay, next question. How is it possible that in the United States, the nation that is the model for all representative democracies, 
an election can be manipulated. It seems to me that the possibility of the election being manipulated is demonstrated by the evidence of the facts. The dozens and dozens of videos posted on social media in which we see the counting staff manipulating the vote, the voting ballots, bags full of votes thrown in trash, cans or abandoned on the roadside, and the fanatics who boast of having falsified votes because of their hatred of Trump, and all leave no room for doubt. What needs to be verified is the existence of these frauds, but their extent and gravity. And let's not forget about the tampering discovered in software for scanning votes done by the shareholders and the owners of the companies in charge of their management. Here we are not talking about small scams in some obscure country. But the system in its entirety in which external interference is revealed to be systematic, coordinated, always and only favoring Biden and damaging Trump. The result of this election, regardless of who is the final victor, cannot remain compromised by the doubt created by these serious irregularities. It is no coincidence that the courts are now taking action after hundreds of denunciations to verify what really happened. I would like, however, to emphasize a very significant element. Democracy is considered by the left as an instrument of power. If the citizens skillfully persuaded by the media allow themselves to be convinced to vote for them, the people triumph. But if they do not give in to pounding indoctrination and the utopian promises of politicians if they vote for a party or a candidate who is not of the left then the people become incapable of choosing whom to be governed by an elite uh, and an elite and an aristocracy decides in their place what is good and what is bad for the masses okay Next question. All right, question four. Can we consider the elections over as Biden, the Democratic Party, and the majority of mass media are claiming? Vigano's response. The elections are regulated by a very precise laws and regulations, relying on the projections made by television networks passed off as definitive data risk turning against those who want to impose their own desires as incontestable reality. We have well understood what side world leaders have lined up on, along with the media the multinational information corporations, world finance, humanitarian organizations, and the Bregolian church itself. But this does not make the presence of irregularities, irregularities any less true or the need for a careful recount that respects the law any less urgent. That is, if respect for law still means anything for the Democrats. Question 5. You have also made an appeal to Catholics and all Americans of goodwill. Do you believe it will be listened to? How did Catholics vote 
in the election which historically for a long time had been closer to the Democrats? Vigano's answer. From what, from what has so far been possible to understand from the election results, the majority of Catholics voted for Trump. Despite the smear campaign carried out by the U.S. bishops, conference and self-styled Catholic progressive intellectuals, along with the apparent orchestration of Jorge Mario Bergoglio and his magic circle at the Vatican, American Catholics have understood that a Protestant candidate who defends life and, fam and family is preferable to a self-styled Catholic who supports abortion, even up to the ninth month of pregnancy, gender theory, LGBTQ ideology, and globalist demands. What emerges unquestionably is a disorientation. Or let me read this part again. What emerges unquestionably, unquestionably is the disorientation of the faithful in the face of the treacherous enslavement of the highest level of the Catholic hierarchy to globalism and the increasingly evident rift between the Christian people and their shepherds who are too busy pleading for the indiscriminate welcome of illegal aliens and closing churches in compliance with the dictates of public health boards. Certainly, the financial and sexual scandals of a large part of the progressive episcopate, its moral laxity and its doctrinal deviations are perfectly coherent with the political support given by the hierarchy to the Democrats in the U.S. and in general to the left throughout the world, a support that is widely uh, replicated that should make us reflect. Question six. Trump has been vilified and ridiculed for four years, but he obtained, according to the latest numbers, 8 million votes more than he did in 2016, which is more votes than Barack Obama, who was a sort of secular messiah for the political left. Can we say Trump is really the most popular U.S. president since Ronald Reagan? While it's only right to wait for the final outcome of the vote to measure Trump's popularity, we can take note of his ability to combine those values and that sense of sound patriotism that, conversely, the Democrats want to deny and cancel in the name of unconditional adhe uh, adherence to the globalist plan. Trump has known how to give expression to the voice of the majority of the American electorate, and his popularity derives from this. It is regrettable that in other contexts, such as, for example, in Italy, the opposition seems to want to confine itself to gatekeeping role that in the past was played by other movements that today hold government power. It seems to me that this is the prelude to an in incomprehensible political suicide, unless there are unforeseen changes at the last minute. Question seven. It is said by some that the four years of his presidency, Trump was unable to obtain full control of the federal apparatus. Does what is called the deep state exist? If it exists, has it also been at work in the election?
Vigano's answer. Anyone who becomes president of the United States after years of democratic power cannot imagine that he will reform an articulated uh, articulated institutional system in a short time. What Trump has done so far demonstrates his laudable commitment, but at the same time, it reveals the widespread infiltration of the deep state into the halls of power. The left's control of the institutions, the, ju the judiciary, and the media, as we, have see, we, as we see also in Italy, is the result of decades of subversive activity of the appointments, blackmail, and the conflicts of interest. We cannot expect that in four years it is possible to heal such a generalized situation, especially when one acts in due respect for the law and not as others do in systematic violation of the law and justice. Question. How can it be that the Holy See and Pope Francis has supported this marginalization of Trump in their own way? We are confused. Is there a link between Democrats and the Catholic Church? Vigano's answer. The Catholic Church has nothing to do with the Democrats, whose ideas are irreconcilable with the teachings of Christ. Instead, what is obvious is the not disinterested support of the deep church for the deep state. It is an alliance that sees political progressivism united to religious progressivism for the purpose of establishing an anti-Christ society with its own universal religion. The ties of the progressive intelligentsia with the Democratic Party are well established and date back to 1968 to the student movement to the calls for renewal made by Vatican II in a key no less subversive than what the left did in the political sphere. On the other hand, after decades of ideological indoctrination, even in the Catholic universities and associations, it was impossible not to see the disastrous result in society. What is certain is that today, Bergoglio has been chosen on a worldwide level as the spiritual guarantor of globalism on the basis of the disinterit that John Podesta expressed in his famous email about the springtime of the church. It seems to me that the work carried out thus far by the Argentine Pope rightly deserves the applause of the Democrats and more generally of those who want to establish the new world order. Question 9. A few days before the election, Nigel Farage, leader of the Brexit Party, said that the momentum was preposterous for Trump. The opposite seems to have emerged from the count of the votes, in your opinion, what should Trump do now? Vigano's answer. 
Trump remains officially in office until January 20th, 2021. We are waiting for the results of the recounts of the vote and the outcome of the denunciations of fraud as required by law and as all parties to the matter should hope for. At that point, we will be able to say if Farage was right. In the meantime, as confirmed by the U.S. Senate, Trump has full right to demand clarity and to use all the tools that the law offers him to protect the will of the voters expressed at the ballot box. Question 10. Are we also witnessing psychological warfare? Vigano's answer. This war is essentially psychological. It is based on the blatant manipulation of the masses, mainly by the work of the mainstream media. This has come to the point of censoring the statements of the President of the United States on social media and even on direct television in the mean in the name of supposed the right of the media to block news that is arbitrarily judged by the false. All right, sorry about the noise. Arbitrarily judged to be false. But this censoring attitude began with the fact-checking by ideologically aligned entities and in the attempt to call any news not conforming to the official narrative fake news. The same thing happens at the global level in the information about the pandemic. The official data inexorably refute the media version telling us that it is a catastrophe. But despite this, the masses are still terrorized because COVID uh, presiding from its mortality rate must be used as an instrument to impose limitations on fundamental rights that would otherwise be unacceptable. So don't be surprised to hear Biden announce the next lockdown and his desire to make the mask obligatory everywhere. He is responding to the same powers that are behind the pandemic emergency. I note that even the announcement of the vaccine produced by Pfizer, by which the philanthropist Bill Gates, who is so committed to reducing the world population to a shareholder, is a shareholder was postponed until after the announcement of Biden's supposed victory, blatantly revealing the political agenda that the pharmaceutical companies pursue by means of their scientific research. I read on the internet that Sandra Zampa, former vice president of the P of the PhD Italian Democratic Party, and now an undersecretary in the Conti government has thanked Pfizer for this operation. Question 11. In your opinion, what can or should Catholics in America and throughout the world do? Vigano's response. American Catholics can and must pray because faced with such a massive deployment of ad adversary forces, only the intervention of God can bring the truth to light. Obviously, this does not exclude renewing the coherent witness of Catholics in the social order. But this, mom, mom, hu this human action 
always inspired by the common good, must not lose sight of the supernatural dimensions. Jesus Christ is the Lord of history and the King of nations. He will not abandon his children in the moment of trial. If they faithfully have recourse to him and to his most holy mother. All right, that ended it there. There's a lot here. I mean, he really, he really knows a lot. I have to say I, I've, I have found Archbishop Vigano very comforting. You know, he's very much a shepherd. He's being a shepherd and a pastor for someone like me who is a parish orphan because, you know, I haven't really belonged to any parish since my conversion. I think there's a lot of people who believe and see themselves as parish orphans. It's kind of sad. I mean, even with someone like Francis, Pope Francis, I feel I believe he has created a lot of parish orphans. As a matter of fact, I feel I think a lot of a lot of us Catholics feel we're like church orphans, you know, or papal orphans, maybe that's the correct word. He's abandoned. He's abandoned the orthodoxy. He's abandoned the the supernatural element. If if everything that Vigano is saying is true, we take it as true. And I believe a lot of us have don't are not questioning what he's saying. That Pope Francis Jorge Bogorio did not enter the office of Peter with the intentions of what the gospel's mission is to save souls. He's entered it from uh, um, his religious perspective as a religious progressivism, religious, a religious uh, attitude with more of a secular humanistic attitude. He looks at the faith more like a philosophy and he's approached it from a social engineering perspective. It's the Tower of Babel. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it's the Tower of Babel. He, you know, this, these people, these globalists are approaching it as a Tower of Babel. They're, they're defying God. They don't believe God can do anything or they are, or their attitude about God is a distant God, far away, not involved with human, human, human attitude, just watching us from a distance like he's watching a, a glass full of ants or at a zoo or something. And a lot of these people believe that it's our duty, that the main purpose for us is to create a world, that their view is that that is the way it is. And their view is the most intelligent, the smartest, the most beautiful, or whoever they, uh, and those will, will, those are the ones in charge and the rest of us will be just, you know, uh, our mere like beta or whatever you want to call us, lower, lo the lower the, the spectrum, lower on the level because they're approaching it from a Darwinian attitude and the rest of us are mere nothing and therefore we will have to serve them. This is wrong. This is absolutely wrong. It's wrong and it's and 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 this is not what Christ wanted. And I I I like I say I find uh Francis's papacy tragic, painfully tragic.
Even now, it's painfully tragic to watch him and to listen to him. And I'm frightened. I'm frightened for him and I'm frightened for all of us because who does he serve? Who is his Lord and Master? That's the question. And I know some people are going to be very offended by this. But who, who does he serve? Who does he love? Look at the book of Revelation when our Lord approached every single church that went apostate. You have sullied your garments. You have betrayed your, you know, you have betrayed me. You are neither warm or hot. You are lukewarm and therefore I will spit you out. You know, you know, it's just sad and it's tragic and it's very frightening. I mean, he just canceled Christmas. You know, he canceled Easter. He was, he was, he was celebrating Easter to an empty square. And now he's canceled Christmas. I'm very frightened. I'm very frightened for him. And I, I know I pray for him. And I, I'm, I'm, I hope and I pray that all of you are praying for this because we, the answer I think is, has to be with Trump getting elected. And I hope and pray that things that our Lord will have his hand in this and he will confound and, you know, just fool these, these, these globalists and he'll hear our prayers, you know, so I'm going to end it here and we'll go, we'll come back together again soon. So don't give up. Keep praying that rosary. God bless.